Welcome to the Mindfulness Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Eshelman. Every Wednesday at the Rubin Museum of Art in Chelsea, we present a meditation session led by a prominent meditation teacher from the New York area. This podcast is a recording of our weekly practice. If you would like to join us in person, please visit our website at rubinmuseum.org slash meditation. We are proud to be partnering with Sharon Salzberg and teachers from the New York Insight Meditation Center. In the description for each episode, you will find information about the theme for that week's session, including an image of a related artwork chosen from the Rubin Museum's permanent collection. And now, please enjoy your practice. So, um, if you've come the last couple of weeks, you'll know that I'm speaking about our monthly theme, which is generosity, which is something we try to really think about around this time of year, um, uh, especially with holidays and, um, you know, what really tuning into the, the kind of gifts we really want to give each other. And, um, and also just a time of reflection, looking back and, and uh, appreciating um, what has, has come. So I really appreciate all of you and just am, am, am so um, grateful for, um, yeah, for what we've created here on Wednesdays. So let's see what happens on Mondays, you know? Also, in reflecting back, we've talked a lot this year about power, and that's been a concept that we've um, really focused on this year, just understanding the nature of power within us and between us, and doing that through the lens of meditation, which we've done here. And I think that this idea of generosity and acting from a place of generosity is kind of the ultimate in real, authentic power. And we talked about the power of gratitude and, um, you know, how that has been scientifically proven to really put us in a powerful place of appreciating what we have in the world. So, um, so I just wanted to end on that note, uh, you know, as we close out this year of power, um, from this place of real appreciation. So, we're looking today at Avalokiteshvara, who um, is gorgeous. Look at that. And um, who has over his shoulder here a lotus blossom, the stem of which is broken, but he would be holding it in his right hand and offering it out as a symbol of generosity. So this lotus blossom, of course, represents, um, you know, Taking, taking the muck that we're sometimes rooted in and transforming it into this kind of pure expression. And Avalokiteshvara is really offering us uh, a reminder of our ability to do that with the lotus blossom. And I like to think that maybe he was offering it out and somebody just decided to say thanks and took it. And maybe that's why the stem isn't there anymore. I don't know. No, it, 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 um, it broke and is somewhere else. <laughs> the, um, I just want, it's just wonder from time to time uh, about the life of these little bits of these objects that we have that are, are um, existing somewhere else and perhaps containing the same meaning. So Avalokiteshvara is not only a deity but a bodhisattva, and bodhisattvas are beings that have reached enlightenment but in the act of ultimate generosity, have decided to remain on earth 
until all other beings are enlightened too. So we're ending with this image here of uh, this familiar figure to many of us, Avalokiteshvara. Rebecca Lee is here with us today, and she's going to talk with us a little bit more about generosity. She's a Dharma heir in the lineage of Chanmaster Shengyan, who she trained with in 1999 and later trained with Simon Child and received her full Dharma transmission in 2016. She's the founder and guiding teacher of the Chan Dharma community and a sociology professor at the College of New Jersey, where she also serves as faculty director of the Alan Dye Center for the Study of Social Justice. Her talks and writings can be found at RebeccaLee.org. Please welcome her back to the Rubin, Rebecca Lee. Thank you, Don. Um, it's lovely to be with you, and I want to echo what Don mentioned. It is a great deal of generosity being expressed here for you to take the time to come and share yourself with each other here. And... Um, Generosity is a really lovely practice for us. And um, not only is it a practice for us to um, learn how to give uh, and be a better person, it is also a practice for us to look into our mind, to understand our tendencies. And uh, it is in understanding these tendencies in ourselves that we recognize ways in which we cause problems for ourselves, that we, uh, that ways that we cause suffering for ourselves. Because think about it, practicing generosity. It's like, uh, it's this wonderful thing. How, how can it go wrong? Um, but many, many of us may have experienced that, that we try to be giving, try to be generous, and then end up feeling very upset or frustrated or bitter or resentful. And, and it has to do with the ways in which we go about engaging in the practice of generosity. One of the most important things to keep in mind is to look at our attitude, our mentality, uh, which can be a very subtle uh, habitual uh, mental habits that that's there when whatever we we do and um, and when whatever it is that we are doing in our practice of generosity which is really giving give anything that we're giving not just gift but maybe um, our time maybe our uh, our help to others um, maybe it's not necessarily anything um, material or tangible. We can use that as an opportunity to sort of pay attention to um, how it is that we are going about uh, giving. We can ask ourselves, do I expect any reward in this? You say, oh no, you know, I'm just giving. Really? Like, do we expect um, maybe to be recognized? To be recognized uh, as someone who's generous? You know, like um, maybe we just can't help but tell someone, oh, yeah, I, you know, just gave that big donation to that charity. Or nowadays, you know, if you use social media, people will see that you made this donation and you, all your friends would see it. And, um, you know, that's what the technology uh, allowed. But it's like, it is 
what what is what's what's in our mind? Do we um, sort of secretly wish wish that other people would notice that I'm doing these wonderful things, and um, so that they would see me as this generous, wonderful person, and maybe um, they would be nice to me, want to be my friends, or. Um, let me know about things that would be beneficial to me. That would be a reward that we are not aware that we are expecting uh, from, from our acts of generosity. So we want to, uh, we can use this as an opportunity to be very honest with ourselves. And it's like, huh, it's not that it, it's not a way to judge ourselves. It's just like, huh, this is what's going on. Right? So it is not about being super judgmental and critical and harsh with ourselves. It was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I, it's not the entirely selfless. Like, it's pretty selfless, but it's like there is still some self-centered attachment involved in it. Okay, so that means I still need to keep practicing. Or, you know, we can also look at whether we are giving... Um, in in the in the sutra ancestor talk about do I give in a a, a stingy way? Sometimes with an I'm giving, but like am I just giving things that um, I'm gonna go throw away anyway? Things that I don't need. You, we know about those giving uh, <laughs> things that are taking up space in my closet uh, anyway, and we think oh I'm donating them and uh, I'm being so generous, but actually it is not really. Um, uh, we we should help. We should be thankful that someone is willing to take them. So we it's not really generosity, right? So here we're talking about um, giving, especially giving as the bodhisattva, um, giving in a way that is not perpetuating our self-centered attachment that causes us suffering. Um, is to is a practice of giving that which is difficult to give. So if we're giving something that I'm going to get rid of anyway, that is not giving uh, that which is difficult to give. But um, we can look at whether when we are giving, uh, is that what's going on? Really, it is about asking ourselves, do I know what, am, what I'm actually doing? And to be honest with ourselves. Or do we give just to give because it's joyful? It's joyful to give. And um, also we are grateful for the opportunity, for the circumstances that allow us to be in this situation where I, where I can be giving. Really, it is recognizing that it's not that I am being this wonderful, special person, but um, I happen to have things that others need. And there happens to be someone who needs this. What a wonderful opportunity for me to be part of this. We'd be very thankful for the opportunity. Right. And we can cultivate, cultivate this mentality as an antidote to the less helpful uh, attitude in our giving, which is giving ex in, ex uh, in the expectation of recognition. I mentioned giving uh, that which is difficult to give. Uh, that is uh, challenging. And uh, very often when we think about generosity, we think, oh, like, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I give a little bit like money, you know, like here and there. Um, 
But there are, of course, a lot of things that we can give that doesn't involve money, that doesn't involve us trying to make uh, go work for more money. And um, one thing that we find difficult to give is actually time. Time. Because it doesn't matter how wealthy we are, we all, it's, life is very fair. We all have 24 hours a day. And um, giving time is a uh, very, uh, it can be a very difficult uh, practice of generosity. And recently I had this um, Dhamma discussion class with, uh, with my students. Um, and one of them share her experience of practicing with generosity, which I want to share with you, which was, uh, because it was very touching. She talked about the practice of giving herself more time, which was, which was challenging. And why is it challenging? Because we live in this culture Many of you might recognize we all have this giant to-do list. And our day is to try to attack as many items on that to-do list as possible. And they all take time. And how do I tackle the maximum number of items on this to-do list? Is to deprive, to take time away from things that are not on that to-do list. Such as giving ourselves just some extra moments to be right here with whoever that we have the good fortune to be with. And also, really, it's also about time for others, for each other. We're so busy trying to get this and get that to try to get the whole to-do list finished, <laughs> believing that it's going to give us satisfaction and happiness when happiness can be right here if we allow ourselves to give each other time. And she talked about the experience of, in, of being in her sitting meditation and getting just anxious partway through her sitting meditation because of this habit. It's like, I have all these things to do, you know? Like I, and this time that I am, I have scheduled to give myself in this sitting meditation is like, oh, trying to be a little bit stingy about it and trying to cut it short. And it's like, well, I'm practicing generosity to myself also, because guess what? I, I am one of those sentient beings that Avalokiteshvara said, uh, vows, to, vows to help. And um, what she noticed was that as she is willing to be generous with herself for time, she, sees, she realized she could also do that for other people. And I don't know if you recognize when um, we spend time with others, for example, um, I call my parents uh, every week. Uh, they they live in they live twelve time zones away, uh, so I I call them. And um, do we talk to someone 
that we care about, but constantly be thinking about this giant to-do list and be in a hurry to cut short the phone call. When we are, our intention is to give our time, but then, wow, I, I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. And then, and um, if we have ever been on the receiving end of it, we felt, we know it. It's like, well, it made us feel like we're um, taking someone's time. We are in the way of someone's life. That is a good example of how we might be um, engaging in the practice of generosity, but if we are not careful how we go about it, um, being a little stingy about it, it can um, also make someone feel unworthy of our time, of our generosity. But if we are willing to let ourselves practice, um, practice giving, and recognizing our habitual tendency to be obsessed with our to-do list, which keeps us from being willing to be generous with our time for ourselves and for others, then we might be willing to, we might find ourselves to be capable of sit there just to be with this person for an extra few minutes. We're not talking about being there all day. We may be in our mind thinking, I don't have all day to do this. No one's asking you to be there all day. But in our mind, we believe that's what we are being asked to do because we are so worried about our to-do list. So just that few extra moments where we are not being in a hurry with ourselves, being in a hurry with others, that generosity will allow whoever we're with to feel loved, including ourselves to feel loved by ourselves and um, don't talk about generosity is a great practice um, especially this time of the year uh, I don't know about you this is a time where that that many people just sort of have a little bit of space in the schedule and maybe like to um, get together with people you don't see all year and um, I really appreciate Don talking about like cultivating this ability to appreciate our special uh, affinity with each other. Of all the billions of people in the world, you happen to know these people. Now, it's easy to take that for granted. And I don't know um, if you have encountered that in, um, in our lives. Sometimes we have people that just um, get lazy about staying in touch. And you might have, uh, you might have encountered people uh, in, in, your, in your life that's like, you are always the one initiating to get together with them. Like they never, they never reach out. And um, so by being the person to initiate uh, getting together, it is actually a form of generosity because you take the time to make something possible. If you don't initiate a get-together, there's no get-together. And um, I don't know if you notice, um, that happens to my uh, friends all the time. It's like, oh, like, it's just so nice that we get to get together. But then it takes the, uh, the generosity of someone to be willing to do that. 
that can be a way for us to engage in the practice of generosity. Now, however, like I mentioned, sometimes when we are giving, if we um, have, if we expect uh, reward or re uh, recognition in return, that can cause resentment. And this is one such place. Maybe it's like, I'm always the one organizing the, the get-together. Like, and nobody, everybody takes, takes it for granted. Nobody thanks me for that. And then we get upset. It's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, so um, when we recognize that, it's like, oh, interesting. Interesting. That's what I mean by, do I, do I give with the expectation of being recognized? It's not that easy to give and give without reward and recognition and appreciation. It is very, very difficult. Any one of you have, who have done that, as parents, as teachers, you will know. But um, that is the practice that we are engaging in. So we're, now we're not talking about not, not, um, not asking for recognition that where that is appropriate in our work. Um, but we are talking about when we are using it as a practice of generosity. And we cannot control what other people do. We cannot force other people to appreciate us. And when that doesn't come around, what are we going to do? Do we get all upset and then turn this practice of generosity into a practice of creating suffering? So or we can give just to give without um, expecting, without expecting a, 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 recipro a reciprocity. And um, so I would also like to um, encourage you to look into the practice of cultivating this awareness of other people's generosity. Because when we kind of cultivate, when we are practicing generosity, it's like, oh, but other people, they, they, they don't recognize my, rec my generosity. And then we stop because like, I'm just giving and giving and giving and nobody, like nobody is giving back. Uh, nobody is recognizing it, that we get frustrated and we'll stop. We feel being taken for granted. And um, when we practice cultivating awareness of other people's generosity, we would discover a few things. For, for, for one thing is that we, um, we cultivate in ourselves the ability not to take other people's generosity for granted. And uh, we also cultivate more awareness of um, how different people are engaging in acts of generosity and learn from them so that we can be better at our practice of generosity. It's like, I never thought that I could do that. So, um, for example, I had a friend who um, was flying from California last week to work in the city. After working all week, um, she, she found time to um, get together with me during the weekend when she, when she probably would rather be resting <laughs> before she had to travel, make her next travel. And um, I was like, wow, that was, so, that was so generous of her with her time. I'm sure she had a long to-do list. She didn't have to. She didn't have to do what she did, but she did it. And um, so 
I learn from her generosity, and of course, I also appreciated her generosity of her time. And、um, of course, we end up having a really wonderful time getting together. And when we cultivate awareness of other people's generosity, we also can see that the idea that there is someone being generous and someone is receiving someone else's generosity is a bit of an erroneous view. That we cannot be. Generous. If there's no one who can, we can be generous towards, so this whole business of、um, generosity—there is someone, someone being the giving and generous, and someone who is the recipient of this generosity—it's、um, just like a conventional way of thinking about it. But like without someone who、um, who is there for us to give our time, there's no opportunity for us to. This giving anyway, so this is also a、um, good opportunity for us to contemplate the teaching of emptiness, of interconnectedness. That it just happens that in this time, I'm the one who is the giving person, and you are the one who is receiving whatever that's being given. And、um, but if we Cultivate this awareness of other people's generosity. We recognize that sometimes I'm the recipient of someone's generosity, and that allows us to see how deep our interconnectedness is. It's a very different perspective from a self-centered world that I'm the one doing the generosity. It's like, oh, sometimes I'm giving, sometimes you are giving. We're all in this. World together, how lovely is that? And、um, it is also a very useful practice for us to recognize how much kindness, generosity is out there. There are people doing all kind of things, all kind of things that we don't even know, but we benefit from.、Um, I my other student brought up the story of this gentleman who has been engaging in a protest of a nuclear plant on the Hudson River, and for years and years and years, nobody even really paid him very much attention. And finally, it's、um, going it's going uh, to uh, someone's going to do something about it, and、uh, recognizing that、um, someone out there, a lot of people are there to. Uh, doing something、uh, that we benefit from help us see that there is so much love and care and generosity in our world, and that also serves as an antidote to cynicism、um, and hopelessness that we might feel in our in our world. So, let's do some meditation together, and、um, that will allow us to stabilize our mind. And help us recognize the intention, however subtle they might be, in our action. Make ourselves comfortable. We feel the relaxation.
the top of our head and feel the relaxation spread to the forehead. And feel the relaxation spread to the eyeballs and eye muscles. And feel the relaxation spread to the facial muscles. And check to see if we're holding tension in our face. Perhaps to hold a facial expression for the world to see. And allow, allow the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the entire head. And feel the relaxation spread down the neck muscles. like melting butter, allowing the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the shoulder muscles. And feel the relaxation spread down the arms, the forearms, and all the way to the fingertips. And feel the relaxation Spread to the chest area. And check to see if we're holding tension in this area. Perhaps because of the habits of um, anxiety, sadness, worry. And right here, right now, we can Give them a rest and allow the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the lower abdomen. We hold a lot of tension in this area by habit. Trusting that the skeletal structure can hold up the body. Allow, allow the tension
intention to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the upper back. Allowing, allowing the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread down the back. All the way to the lower back. Down to our buttocks, where we feel the body sitting right here, right now. And feel the relaxation spread down the legs and all the way down to the toes. And feel the relaxation spread to the entire body, sitting right here, right now. As we sit, we notice the subtle changing sensations as the body breathes. We can use these changing sensations to anchor our mind to the present moment gently. And we notice the mind drifting, losing contact with the body sitting. No problem. Just make use of that as an opportunity to practice coming back. Moment after moment. There's no need to chase out any thoughts that comes through. You see thoughts arising, 
allow it to come through. Notice what's there. And allow it to go away on its own. Thank you, Rebecca. That concludes this week's practice. If you'd like to attend in person, please check out our website, rubenmuseum.org meditation to learn more. Sessions are free to Rubin Museum members, just one of the many benefits of membership. Thank you for listening. Have a mindful day.